Hello and welcome to uh, this episode of Irreligiosophy, the One True Podcast. Uh, all the other podcasts are great and abominable podcasts, especially the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is the Whore of Babylon. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. <laughs> That's not Carl's podcast. Shit, what is Carl's podcast? You don't know anything about the skeptic movement, do you? No, I really don't. I don't. Carl's podcast is a conspiracy skeptic podcast. Wait, who's the skeptic? Skeptic's Guide to the Universe Universe is only the most popular skeptics podcast uh, out there. Well, I don't even listen to our podcast. Why would I bother listening to theirs? Lord. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this podcast I have been salivating over. I have been. I, I. I've lost sleep over this. I've been so excited. Yeah, actually, this this poses to be one of our uh, one of our best guest speaker podcasts, uh, especially on the Christian side. We've had many Christians on the show, but uh, mostly it's just been kind of feeling out why they believe. This is the first time we have had a Christian come onto the show and actually stand against us and say. You guys are wrong. We did an entire two separate months where we did nothing but Mormon podcasts, and Layton broke his back trying to find someone to come on the show to discuss this stuff with us. Couldn't find one. That's actually very true. In fact, uh, I responded to Mormon discussion boards asking anybody to come on there and discuss the uh, things we had brought up actually in the podcast, and I was refused over and over again, and finally we just gave up and moved on. So uh, what we have here is Layton's older and wiser brother, Sean, uh, on the show. Also the nickname of Turtle. (laughs) We probably ought to introduce ourselves because we don't do that. We've we've been criticized for it. My name's Chuck Morrison. We have Layton Allred and Layton's older brother, Sean, on the show with us. Uh, Yeah, I am quite nervous about being on here because they are um, quite intelligent people to debate against. So this is a little nerve-wracking for me. Plus, I've never done a podcast before. John, i got to tell you, um, I'm impressed that you uh, had the courage to come on the show. There's a fine line, I think, between bravery and foolhardiness. <laughs> I think that was a dick. I don't know which one it is right now, by the way. <laughs> well, wh- why don't we have you uh, kind of introduce yourself, Sean? Why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a, a background of, uh, of who you are as a person, your education, schooling, um, your uh, job, what what your family life is. Give us some background. Well, if if I may, before I actually go into that, um, I want to actually even express a little bit about um, our background together. For instance, I've known Charlie, gosh, since I think I was 15. Well, I knew him before I was 15, but 15 was when we kind of started to become friends. Um, so that's been nearly 20 years, and... You know, Leighton, obviously, I've known him a, a little bit. Um, we really haven't been around each other, though, for about the last four or five years. So what's happened in their life for those that period of time, I don't know. A lot of this is because of my working full-time, going to school full-time, having a family, and lack of money to travel there to Utah. So I really haven't even seen my family all that much. Well, actually, um, Sean, uh, it, you, if you recall, you were the one that uh, really got me to move towards a friendship with Charlie because when you moved away to Alaska to start your schooling, you sent me over to Charlie because he was playing a role-playing game and he needed another person. So it's actually because of you that this podcast has come to fruition. So I believe you are to blame for everything. That, 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 <laughs> is, that is pretty true. Um, it was either Layton or some lady at the comic store who chewed her dice and spit them out on the table. 
And the only Layton, reason why I won out is because I could play racquetball. Layton um, marginally won that contest <laughs> by the skin of his teeth. Uh, <laughs> that's because <laughs> I had other ways of spitting my dice out on the table. May I may I say a little bit about both of you before I talk about myself? Sure. Go ahead. Is that all right? Because I don't know how well I mean anybody can really know you guys over the bro- over the podcast. Well, hang I mean, on it. Hang on a second. I knew you. How long? How, how many podcasts have you listened to? Um, not as many as I should have. Which, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which yeah. podcast did you listen to? I don't have it here. The one that truly sticks out in my head was the the first one that I listened to, which was Leighton's Patriarchal Blessing. So ah. that's when I uh, kind of first became aware of it because my wife reminded me that we were already invited to listen in on your guys' podcast. Absolutely. So, so you listen to Leighton's Patriarchal Blessings. Any other ones? Um, I listened to the one before that, and I tried to listen to your very first one. Yeah. Um, which you guys broke down what your... Deconversion stories. The conversion story was, but uh, for some reason I tried on two different computers and I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, um that was Jesus blocking your access to our podcast. <laughs> he was protecting your ears. <laughs> well, that, that's very interesting, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll email that to you if you'd like, but uh, go ahead. You were going to talk about... Oh, are we sure it was Jesus or is it Quetzalcoatl? I, I always get the two confused. It's hard to tell sometimes. I hear they're the same. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about Charlie. Um, if there's one person I would want to be as... To be my doctor, it would be Charlie. And yes, I wrote this out. Uh, he is nearly a photographic memory and is an avid reader and researcher. Uh, he knows more about things people spend their entire lives trying to learn. He would be the one in this conversation that I would consider having the learned knowledge. Uh, Leighton, if anyone else tried to do half of what he has done, they would be dead. He is fearless and willing to help anyone in need, even if it means giving up his own needs. Uh, Extremely well-traveled, he would be what I considered to be the one with knowledge through experiencing the world. Um, Both of them have more knowledge, uh, not only in this area, but many areas, and I believe I can never catch up to them in the knowledge that they actually have. I respect all their knowledge, and uh, I respect absolutely everything they bring to this discussion. I guess a little bit about myself. I currently work for the state of Washington as a social worker. I'm also um, self-employed as a marriage and family therapist. I have a family with four children, been married for 12 years. What else would you like to know? You uh, went on a mission, spent two years of your life trying to convert people to uh, the LDS church in Massachusetts. Is that correct? Boston? In Massachusetts, I never actually served in the Boston area. A little more history, and I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, because typically when you say nice stuff about people, you're buttering them up so you can hit them uh, when in they the drop their the guard. Head. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so where's the sucker punch? Well, well, actually, there is no sucker punch. Actually, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I have always thoroughly respected you, Charlie, for what you stood for and for the way you expressed yourself. And Leighton, I have absolutely um, respected the way that he is willing to, I mean, 
give up anything for anybody to help them out. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what you guys do in that line. Wow, I think he's completely obliterating my reputation. He's a nice guy, but I think it's because he's too stupid to know any better. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> I'm glad somebody understands me. You say you respect this, but you, you have a problem with this, because that's why you're on the podcast. You sent us an email uh, castigating us for our lack of respect and, and our mocking of other people's religious beliefs. That's basically why you're here. Um, I wouldn't quite use those exact words, but uh, yeah, basically I'm here because of the way you're disrespecting people. All right, let's lay it out for us. Yeah, define everything. Because I think we've shown everyone nothing but respect on this show, don't you think, Layton? Yes, especially the martyrs. <laughs> those poor uh, martyrs. Well... <laughs> Well, one of your uh, listeners wrote a, a question. It's question number eight, and I think um, it actually goes to where we're trying to get. Um, how do you define respect? When you say you think that religion should be treated with respect, what exactly do you mean by that? At least then both parties could have some common ground. Um, I actually wrote uh, my response before I actually read that question. Here's kind of what I wrote up about it, because I think hopefully will be clear through my writing. Through my studies, I have learned that even though uh, we speak the same language, often we don't mean the same thing when using the same word. I believe my definition will become clearer as we discuss the questions, but here is a brief statement. Treating a person with dignity and compassion, regardless of their views or beliefs, respect is the way you treat others when talking to them or about them and their beliefs. If I expect respect, I must first give respect. If one person is being disrespected by another, it is no reason to be disrespectful back. Um, by continuing to show respect for others, regardless of the other person's actions, you will be able to earn the respect of those around you and even possibly the respect of the one who is disrespecting you. By disrespecting someone who is disrespecting you, be, you become like them and will most likely lose the respect of others around you and certainly not gain the respect of the one that's disrespecting you. That's my brief statement. Layton, would you like to respond to that since you were um, extremely disrespectful in your email exchange? Well, I think the, uh, the best way to continue with this is to, for us to actually, now that he's explained his reasons for ex respect, what he sees respect as, I think the best way to proceed with this is to actually explain why we do irreligiosophy, and why we view what we do. Would you also go into what you view to be respect? Sure. Uh, simple definition of respect uh, is to feel or show deferential regard for or hold something in esteem. And that, by that definition, in my opinion, religion has not earned my respect. Nor do those people who hold religious beliefs that haven't looked into them. Respect, as far as I'm concerned, is earned, and uh, it's much like trust. If you are going to expect me to trust you and respect you, you're going to have to prove to me that you are worth giving respect and trust to. I would like to say, too, that I think uh, one of the fundamental problems with society today is it grants too much respect to unwarranted beliefs, to these beliefs that have just been around for so long that we just accept them as true. As if the Enlightenment never happened, as if the 16 and 1700s never happened, Voltaire didn't ever exist, Descartes, Bacon, um, none of this stuff ever happened. 
it's it's bizarre to me that, that that would happen and then we slide backwards so far. What we need is less respect and more honesty. This idea of Christianity in general and Mormonism in specific is supposedly the most important decision you will make in this lifetime because it affects the rest of eternity. An infinite amount of time ahead of you depends on this decision. Why would you treat choosing a religion any differently than buying a used car? The used car salesman comes up and says, hey, this car is in beautiful condition. When you can see the bumper's fallen off, the tires are flat, it doesn't turn over. Why would you say, I treat your beliefs with respect and I'm going to buy this car? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. That is actually one of my big qualms with religion, is the fact that you are expected just to believe that you aren't supposed to look at this, as Charlie stated, as a used car salesman. And that you're just supposed to accept, move on, and smile at everything around you. I think that was one of the reasons you got most upset during our email discussion. In fact, it was it actually wasn't getting upset as far as I'm concerned with me, but actually with Dad and others in the family that you felt were disrespecting you for not looking at the view you were presenting them. Am I correct that this is what you felt was disrespectful? Well, it went a little bit deeper than that. Um, in order to get into that, we would have to actually bring out how this email conversation got started. Um, did we want to go into why we do irreligiosity first, or did we want to just move directly into that? Well, we can talk about why we do what we do. Um, irreligiosity, uh, we started this because, A, um, religion's more fascinating to me when I stepped outside of it than it was. It was just actually excruciating excruciating yeah when i was inside so it, that idea is more fascinating to me now and and how people come to their beliefs and and how they get stuck in their beliefs and what makes them change their beliefs is absolutely fascinating but b again society has too much respect for religion it's it's granted this automatic place of honor in religion which i think is completely undeserved and it deserves to be mocked and it deserves to to be met with sarcasm because the idea is by and large, are ridiculous, moronic, oh, yeah. stupid. Well, one of the uh, and one they of should the main... be laughed at. Yeah, exactly. But one of the main comments that actually went between me and Charlie when, when deciding to make this is uh, here I was, 29 years old, and both of us were shocked that it had taken us this long to find this information. And so not only did we make irreligiosophy to educate people, but the best way to educate somebody is to entertain them as you're educating. You can get a lot more learned out of entertainment than you can just a dry run of things. So that's, <laughs> that's why we do, that's why we do uh, what we do. And I think we've carved out a little bit of an audience. I mean, I think we're the most popular podcast under 10 listeners on the Internet. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that doesn't include the five Thai children that are still alive. <laughs> I'm not sure they can still listen. Before we get into the email exchange, which is really kind of the, um, the thing that kind of started this whole ball rolling, I wanted to go a little bit more into Sean's uh, mission because one of the questions uh, that was sent in by the audience is, uh, let's see, H. If beliefs have to be respected, then why send missionaries? This always bothered me about missionaries. Because you go out there as a missionary and you tell people, guys, you got to keep an open mind. 
you got to keep an open mind because you got to give Mormonism a fair shake here. You got to listen to this stuff. Uh, your eternal salvation depends on it. Uh, while at the same time, your mind is, is closed entirely. They're not going to change your mind about it, but you're hoping to change theirs. And doesn't it show disrespect uh, to their beliefs by telling them, A, they're wrong, and B, you need to change to Mormonism? Um, one of the other statements that uh, was also made in the question in number H is um, spreading the message this way is not the simplest way. It is also um, not the best way when you could actually use different methods. Um, I, right. I, he was he was saying that, uh, or she was saying that, um, why go door to door? Why send fifty thousand or sixty thousand missionaries out per year across the entire country, door to door, knocking on these people's doors, rousing them out of bed, um, disrupting their lives, when you could just have a website that kind of shows your beliefs, and if people want to come to the website, they can come. Why, why not? It's very true. This is perhaps and most likely not the most effective way to spread your beliefs. There are definitely some more other effective ways. Um, I have no issues, though, with others coming to my door and expressing their beliefs. I think what the issue arises from is um, the fact that it's actually a religion coming to your door. For instance, yes, an advertiser coming to your door is annoying, but it's not disrespecting you. Well, an advertiser isn't coming to tell you that your beliefs are wrong. I mean, that doesn't yeah. that. If you're telling them that the beliefs are wrong, you're not really holding them in esteem or um, ele any any elevated pedestal, right? You're telling them they're wrong. You're knocking them off the pedestal. That's yep. disrespectful. It, it, this is basically their belief system that they've had since they were small children. And as missionaries knocking on their door, you are specifically saying to them what you have been raised in, what your parents have believed in, what your grandparents have probably believed in, is wrong. You need to change everything. If you actually hold to this as being, and I'm going to use advertising a little bit more to kind of try and get my point across. If you hold this as a way of representing what is being disrespectful, then uh, basically other forms of advertising is actually also disrespecting the others because you advertising is basically trying to present to you that we have a better thing that you don't have. Uh, that's the exact same thing that is being done religiously. Uh, they're actually coming to your door, and the LDS Church does use the Internet. They do use TV, so they are using multiple sources out there. Um, of course, anything that is being advertised is believed to be better than what you already have. Uh, sure, advertising is annoying. Having somebody come to your door is absolutely annoying. The salesperson, anybody like that. But we have the right to ignore, say, no, we're not interested, shut the door. So there are truth in advertising uh, laws. What you're <laughs> advertising has to be true, or at least not fraudulent. Um, you can't misrepresent your product. Uh, well, and, you, and you guys are representing your product as the one true church, right? So let's get into that a little bit. Well, actually, one, one other thing I'd like to point out here is, is it really respectful to continue to do something just because others are doing it? Well, that's a two-cokeway fallacy, right? Um, yeah. Other people do it too, so it's okay for me. Right? Republicans and Democrats use that all the time. It's the you too. <laughs> it doesn't make it right, but that's a good point. My point is that, uh, say, for example, 12th Article of Faith, uh, written by Joseph Smith, 
you guys uh, are, as young Mormons, required to memorize all these articles of faith and you get a little certificate. The twelfth article of faith, written by Joseph Smith, th these are the foundational statements of your religion, uh, correct? Correct. We believe in being subject to king... I'm sorry, what? At, at least part of it. Part of it. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. Would you say that's true? Joseph Smith practiced polygamy in Ohio, Missouri, and Illinois. In which of these states was it legal? I choose not to get into that because that's a little off the subject. It is on point. This is really why I don't respect your religion. In none of those states that he ever practiced polygamy was it legal. It was illegal in every state of the nation. It was illegal in territories when Brigham Young practiced it in the church. Illegal all the way up until 1890, and when they gave it up the first time in 1904, when they gave it up the second time. If Joseph Smith, who wrote these articles of faith, doesn't respect them enough to obey them, why are you asking me to? And I think Actually, one of the. I think, if I may, what I think your misunderstanding is what I'm talking about when I'm referring to respect. Um, what you seem to be believing is that. I am stating that you, by respecting my beliefs, need to believe in my beliefs. What I'm actually saying is, feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to disagree with whatever beliefs are out there. It's the way that it's being presented that's disrespectful. The way that the mocking is being done, that's the disrespectful part. It's not the part that um, having a disagreement or having a different opinion, that's not being disrespectful. I, I don't have to agree with you in order to respect your beliefs or your right to hold them. But when it, something is so obviously untrue, obviously flawed, obviously fraudulent, then you have forfeited your right to my respect by believing in it. Do you understand where I'm coming from? If, if I say, Sean, the world is flat, trust me, I have a spiritual sense that tells me the world is flat. I know it looks like a, a globe, but that's a massive conspiracy. Uh, I have the truth. Would you respect my either my right to hold that belief when it's demonstrably untrue, or the belief itself? I would more so respect your right to have that varying belief. And yes, I would still respect you as, as a person. For instance, let's say that belief is my belief and you are very well aware that it's an absolutely ridiculous belief. How do I deserve to be treated because I believe something that's ridiculous? You deserve to be treated like someone who believes something that is uh, obviously untrue and it's been patently untrue for at least the last 600 years. Well, let me uh, ask you this, Actually, for the, for the past probably 2,500 years. Uh, and, and then it's not only that, it's not only that you guys hold these beliefs, John, it's that you try to push your way into society with these beliefs. If you guys just sat around and chanted kumbaya and uh, nodded to each other, fine with me. I still think you guys, you know, you, you, you're idiots because you obviously don't believe in stuff that's scientifically uh, appropriate. But then, to take my analogy one step further, we have all these people pushing to, to teach flat earth in the schools. Or, in a specific example in your church, Proposition 8, denying gay people the right to marry. Now you've overstepped your bounds. Now you're trying to deny basic human rights to people who, 
have no issue with you. You you could jump in and donate a whole lot of tithing money paid for by the members of the church to shoot down gays' rights to marry, to 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 vote for Proposition Eight, and, and we're going to squash these homosexuals' right to something that I have. Us heterosexuals have had this right uh, for as long as we can remember. Now gays want the right. There's no argument against it. Uh, unless you want to you want to march forth uh, an argument against gay marriage actually I'd love to hear it uh, along those lines and I'm not trying to sidestep the proposition eight thing I know that one of the audience um, brought it up as a great question um, along those lines though you stated the fact of trying to propel the message out there and how wrong it is to actually propel it out there but when defining actually the purpose for irrelevant Irreligiosity. <laughs> no one can pronounce it. I love it that no one can pronounce it. No one it. can pronounce oh, it. By heaven, um, you stated that was the exact same purpose of the of why you developed the site was to get it out there as much as possible so that what you feel to be true can be heard by others out there. However, there's one difference to be solved. Yeah, yeah, Sean, the difference is I'm not tax exempt. Your church is. Your church is tax-exempt on the single condition it does not involve itself in political matters. And it uh, blatantly did. They should, the IRS should jump in, remove your church's tax-exempt status, and then I will have no problem with you and your church trying to manipulate uh, political uh, ideas based on your ridiculous theology. I'm not tax-exempt. I pay taxes. But your church is tax-exempt based on one condition, and you guys can't even keep that condition. That is hypocritical. You guys are, are not only taking tithing from your own members, but you're taking money from me because I'm apparently paying taxes to support your tax-exempt organization. And then you repay me the favor by going and stomping roughshod over the political process, which is the one single condition that your church holds its tax-exempt status. Irreligiosity is not tax-exempt. I'm not tax-exempt. Layton's not tax-exempt. Your church is. I agree that religious organizations are tax exempt. Do you agree I, that that tax exempt status uh, prevents them from uh, jumping into the political process? I doubt you would state that if it was not true. It is. It is the single condition. You guys are tax exempt. You just can't use this bully pulpit that you have to mobilize your flock to one side or the other. You can say stuff like, I don't like abortion. Abortion's wrong. I don't like gay marriage. Gay marriage is wrong. You can't take that money, and you can't uh, you can't issue a statement uh, from the church presidency saying, "Go out there and vote for Proposition 8, which is what you guys did. I must say that uh, I was not involved in the protest. I know that was one of the questions of the listeners, um, and that was for my own personal reason. I do feel it is okay that people express their beliefs to others, including getting involved in government. Currently, everyone is involved in that, including those who do not believe um, in any particular religion, atheists, and so forth. Um, everybody wants to have their voice out there. Uh, it would be great if everyone had laws established that worked according to their own beliefs, but since we all live together, everyone should have the right to express their views. Uh, none of us want to live by the laws established off of someone else's beliefs, but in our society, that is not possible. We, we live together. It wouldn't I wouldn't want to live by laws established by, you know, various organizations out there that some of your listeners mentioned, you know, the Koresh, 
compound or uh, Jim Jones followers, I assume you wouldn't want to follow their laws that they would want to establish either. Therefore, we all need to have a voice in this democracy regardless of our beliefs. The hope is that we can treat each other with respect while trying to establish those laws. Well, let's, let's you... make this more specific. Sean, yeah. do you believe that homosexuals um, should have the right to marry? I choose not to answer that for... On the, the grounds that, that such an answer may incriminate you. Well... <laughs> You're pleading I the fifth. Don't, <laughs> I don't think it goes along the lines of what I agreed to discuss in this conversation. All right. Well, um, well, how about this, Sean? Now, now you're actually pointing out, and you kind of, you kind of circled the issue. You, you pointed out that even though these organizations may have been saying something, that we as individuals have the right to go out there and vote for ourselves. Now, that is kind of a corner issue. The bigger issue that Charlie was bringing up is that the LDS Church was actually slapping their name on the bottom of these commercials. They were paying for it out of their pocket. And, uh, in fact, I know of at least one case where a man who openly came out against the LDS Church and says, you know what, I do not agree with them doing this. I do not agree with them paying our money, our tithing money for this, and I do believe that gays should be married. He was excommunicated. So my question to you is, although you kind of circled the uh, the actual point there, is that the LDS Church explicitly went against their tax-exempt status by actually going out there and pushing uh, an agenda. Now, the question to you would be, is this right? Should their tax-exempt status be withdrawn? Not only is it right, but how is that respecting the homosexuals' beliefs? I will answer it this way. For instance, if we... And I, I don't believe I was actually circling the question necessarily. I believe that it, as a society and democracy, if we establish laws, it is up to us to follow those laws. Whether or not um, they broke the law, that's not for me to say, but that's for the government to say. And if it is the case, um, that is why we have courts of law. Well, don't worry, Sean. This is all leading to something, and it also leads towards the emails. Uh, I'm, these are just prefaces. I'm sure you guys are trying to trap me in some place. I, I'm no, <laughs> actually, I'm I'm not. I'm just uh... no, no, no. This is this is actually prefacing for the automatons comment that I made. So right. we'll we'll get to that once we get to the emails. So I'm not well, trying to trap you. I'm just asking this. Let's get into the email. Um, Layton, uh, you know, kind of talked to me back and forth, but he. he recently forwarded all the emails for me. Let me say to the audience, oh, wow. if you guys um, think that the, the the email exchange that Sean gave was long and excruciating to read, <laughs> you should read the, what was it, like 112 emails that you forwarded? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't kidding when I said there were more than 100 emails that within less than a month, we're talking a three-week period, passed between me, my family at large, me between personal people, back and forth, there were more than a hundred emails. My name for some reason kept coming up um, over and over and over again. Um, I almost felt like a participant in the conversation, um, however many times my name came up. But you can tell I'm not pulling the strings behind Leighton here which I think was implied many times. It was actually implied several times. <laughs> because I would have gone for the throat. 
I would have gone. I wouldn't have messed around with Old Testament morality or the problem of evil. I would have gone straight for Book of Abraham, Kinderhook plates, uh, st stuff that like this at the Twelfth Article of Faith, and, and polygamy not being legal. And they don't honor, obey, and sustain the law. And these are the highest people in the church. I would have gone right for the throat. Um, Leighton, I think, did show you guys respect for for backing up and and trying to show you. Um, look, you know, it's not Mormon specific in Christianity, in the Old Testament, in the Judaism. It's got serious, serious problems. This isn't specific to Mormonism. I would have gone straight for the throat immediately for, for Mormon theology. May, may I ask you a question along those lines? Yeah, go ahead. I, I can't judge how anybody else, or I can't state how anybody else was um, showing their respect, I guess. What I would like to ask is, if you read them and you read mine, did you come across or see how I was trying to respect what Leighton stated to be his view of respect? Well, let's see. You um, tried to institute a set of Ten Commandments for the email exchange. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was my this humor. Yeah. This again is, well, it's not only your humor, brother, but you even went through the questions that we sent you from our listeners, and you categorized them into A, B, C, and D questions. <laughs> this is just your personality. You have to categorize everything. Have you considered medication for obsessive-compulsive disorder? Now, a lot. <laughs> There's good reason for that, though. The reason is, is because I have a lack of memory. If I do not organize the information there's no way I can keep track of it. So absolutely, keeping things in an orderly fashion helps me. And I don't know, Sean... I am well aware of my obsessive-compulsive nature. <laughs> there was one particular email where it seemed you were very, very angry at Leighton, um, saying that, um, that, that uh, you were throwing spitwads at each other, and congratulations, you just launched the biggest spitwad yet, and this is what I was trying to prevent. And uh, <laughs> it seemed really irritated with Leighton because your father's a poor old man he can't keep up with him he doesn't have as active a mind as uh, young Leighton does and um, uh, uh, truth be told I actually called you on that one Sean yeah, well you called me I can't remember what you told me or said I I basically said that dad isn't a doddering old fool he can stand up for himself and <laughs> he isn't stupid <laughs> isn't by, the way, by the way after you're stating that that's when the responses came to your liking following that conversation. But I, I would like to point out that at no point in time have I ever become angry at Leighton in that email process. If it came across angry, it was absolutely unintentional. Well, what you I know, it's hard. Out is that he did absolutely throw a dart at at. Um, at my father because he was furious at the way my dad was responding. Well, your dad right. can defend himself, but uh, there were certain areas where you had written in all capital letters, and, and that does come across as literally screaming at someone on the Internet. Uh, yes, and forgive me, I, I hate the Internet. <laughs> yes, I really hate the Internet. Yeah, that much was obvious when you tried to post to our site and had to beg us to come in and help. Yeah, it's, it's not a message board. It's a blog. So, so along those lines, when I guess I, I, I am aware, though I, I rarely communicate via the Internet, I am aware that capitalizing things 
uh, is, I guess, screaming, but in the sense, the reason for my capitalizing it was to present it as a firm point rather than as a screaming point, I guess. So you were looking for italics, I think. That might have been the wise <laughs> <laughs> Well, now... No, I, I I have to point out, brother, because uh, I gotta admit, it seemed like you were furious when I pointed out that those of a religious nature are automatons. Uh, I have never seen so many within my family stand up with all caps with everything, stand up in absolute fury, and you were at the at the head of that charge. And I gotta admit, oh, no, I was at the end, brother. Oh, you were at the end. How do you figure? Yes. Well, mine was the last email sent, and uh, that was the joke about uh, where I... Here's the definition of a telephone. <laughs> well, I realize that, but it's actually... it's actually you've, you've propagated even further, even pointing out that I am an automaton for just spouting science with and what other people have said, and you were intimating that I had never done any research into this science. No, so, I mean... I I'm stating that we all do the exact same thing. We all go forth gathering the knowledge that we can and spout it back out. Well, let, let's, let's take some specific examples because this, this is really where it broke down. People, Leighton, you touched a nerve when you um, accused them of being automatons. Um, yeah, I've never seen my family react. It, it was like a pack of jackals. They just went was nuts. A, there was a flurry yeah, of emails. Wait, may I, may I present something? Because there yeah, was one of your audience um, listeners, when you first posted this up there, that this was going to happen, stated that he and his family went through you know, some horrible ordeals. Um, what I want to point out is that regardless of what happens between me and Leighton and our conversations, there is absolutely no way I would ever cut him off. Yeah, now, that's Layton, just kind of my family. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Well, that depends. <laughs> is there going to be continued sporking after this? Because I do love my sporking with brothers. He might cut off the sporking. I don't want him to cut off my spork. That would hurt. <laughs> Let, let's let's look at that automaton thing. Uh, just on the face of it, when I read that, uh, I thought, now come on, uh, who is more of an automaton? Um, how many kids did? How many brothers and sisters you got, Layton? <laughs> well, that would be twelve brothers, nineteen including himself. Yeah, well, twelve brothers and six sisters, nineteen including. All right. no, how many? Um, how many natural? That would be uh, what is it? Uh, four brothers, one sister, six including me. Six total. Six total kids, um, natural born children. Five of them are Mormon. One of them's an atheist. Out of these five children, they happened to choose the exact same religion that they were brought up in. One of them, the atheist, the one who didn't go on a mission, the one uh, who converted from uh, a religion to a uh, non-religion, I don't think you can accuse him of being an automaton. That, that's someone who's not thinking. If you look at these other four children, five children, five children. One, uh, none of them changed their minds for their beliefs. Right? They're just following the program. Now, I'm sure that you guys have your own reasons for your beliefs, but on the face of it, there's only one person in that whole family that changed his mind, and that was Leighton. In that same email, you'll also notice that I also called myself an automaton. 
Sure. And um, the reason for that was, is fine, okay, fine, I'm an automaton, big deal, so are you. Okay, great, let's get past that. My intent was more so to bring the automaton thing to the end and kind of put it in a humor mode, saying, okay, here's the definition, great. Now that we're all automatons, let's move beyond that. But and, I'm not uh, sure how Leighton qualifies. <laughs> uh, you know... I mean, for a joke to be funny, it's got to have a kernel of truth, so... <laughs> so I, I'm horrible with humor. There's... I, that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. There were a couple of quotes that, that I actually uh, found quite interesting from you, Sean. You wrote to Leighton, Yes, Leighton, you are now in a new religion. Science is based on faith, and in parentheses, hypothesis, which makes it a religion. Could you clarify that? I am okay with clarifying it a little bit, but I'm not sure how this actually relates to the topic that I agreed to discuss. If you want to skip the question, that's fine. My, my reason is, is I, I would like to stick to the, the topic that I said I would come here to discuss. Well, anyway, one of the things that I'd like to bring up was the spiritual experiences that the family brought to me. Now, I'm not going to state any of them on air because, of course, they haven't given permission. However, the the thing about it is, is they brought up these spiritual experiences, and as I stated before, I poked holes in them. And uh, the, uh, the scream came back, uh, how dare you, these are our special experiences, and uh, we know them a lot better than you, and how dare you doubt our memory? What are your views on the respect of this? Am I to respect these spiritual experiences that the family give me when every single religion out there has the same spiritual experiences that they flaunt? What would respecting it mean to you? Well, what it looks like if I respect somebody's spiritual beliefs, as I've shown the family, is I quietly sit there and nod, and I normally keep my opinions to myself, except, of course, in this email exchange, and I allow them to have it, and if I want to make any comments about it, I keep it away from the family. That's my respect for them, is actually listening, even if I have no respect for the belief itself. My respect to my family and to anybody else is if they want to tell me about it, I will listen, even if I don't respect the, the actual experience itself. So if I understand what you're saying, respect would be shown by listening even though you don't agree. Yes. But you also stated that you would keep quiet about it, and that would be shown. In front of them. It does no good to tear somebody down in front of them. Now, as you like to point out about irreligiosity, we tear down beliefs. The one defining factor, though, is I am not throwing this website or what we do in anybody's face. People know what this site is about. They know we're going to make fun of beliefs. They know everything about it. So they have to come on and actively search through and listen. That is my form of respect, is I will listen to what you have to say, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be quiet about my opinions about it. I just won't disrespect you by spouting the holes that are in your thinking to your face. Now, if somebody wants to approach me and speak to me face-to-face -face on it, that's a different subject altogether. However, as has been the case, especially in our family, if someone is telling a spiritual experience, they don't want feedback. They just want you to listen. I don't know if I would 
state, I mean, I can see that as your view of respect, but that's not the respect that I'm talking about here. The respect I'm talking about is feel free to express yourself. In fact, if you were in my house, I would very much be open to having a conversation with you, a very open conversation about what your beliefs are, what my beliefs are. But John, that doesn't, in the context of... In the context of spiritual experiences, that doesn't happen. People don't want to have their spiritual experiences uh, analyzed. You know, if someone thinks that, you know, they're walking along and they had a prompting not to go in the barn, and then, you know, the barn suddenly caught on fire and, and that proves that God exists, you don't want to have someone tell you, you know, look, any other explanation that doesn't involve breaking the laws of physics or a supernatural being or this cosmic um, voyeur, uh, peeping Tom, any explanation other than um, God is more plausible than God. They don't want to hear that. It just makes for an awkward silence, and then they get offended. I, I understand where you're coming from, because that is a very common response. And I would state I can understand why somebody would react that way um, because what they're sharing is something that they feel to be a personal connection between them and God. Um, And by pointing out how flawed that view might be, I can see them taking that personally. What I would like to say is that by overgeneralizing it, that that is everybody in the religious community is perhaps a bit excessive. Yes, I Let me say that I've never met a single religious person who's given me a spiritual experience that I have analyzed has ever appreciated it. Ever. I, I have to agree with Charlie. I have never met a single person who has actually accepted my analyzation of it, which is one of the reasons why I sit back and I stay quiet when somebody's yeah. sharing. Thank you for showing me plausible alternative explanations for my sacred experience. <laughs> that has never happened. Not once. I would state even if you pointed it out to me, let's say I shared a, a spiritual experience with you and you pointed it out to me. Feel free. Initially, initially, I don't think I would thank you for pointing it out to me, but I know the way that I would respond would be in a respectful manner, not calling you names for doing it or anything like that. I would take what you said and think about it at least, if not research it, which I have done in the past. Well, I would say let's take a spiritual experience (laughs) that you've had and share it with us. And let's that's, see if you. That's not why I'm here to discuss. Let, let's see if I'm you. Let's see if you appreciate us giving you plausible alternative <laughs> explanations for your spiritual experience. I, I'm very positive any experience <laughs> that I shared would be torn apart. I, I, I have no doubt in that um, that you guys would would be able to tear it apart. So along those lines, I will just go with the knowledge that yes, you could do that. All right, now, well, Sean. Um, but I would be willing to discuss them in a different forum, but not here because that's <laughs> not what I've chosen to come here to discuss. All right, Layton, do you have anything else about that email exchange that uh, Sean will agree to talk about? Uh, you know, I'd love to talk about God the Rapist or his world hunger arguments, but. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, that would that would I take days. If, I don't know if he's going to allow me to do it. Well, um, well, there there is one thing I could bring up now, Sean. You talk about respect and how there was loss of respect in our conversations, and uh, one of the things between one you of and that are between me and you. Um, well, you were kind of just honing in on God the Rapist, whereas the rest of the family was responding to everything back and forth. Right, now, right. that's because nobody agreed to my Ten Commandments. If they had, you would have been able to say everything they had uh, talked about in those emails, because one of my commandments was that it would be shared. Exactly, and this goes back to the fact that no one likes you. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that's just a fact. That's, that's just a fact. No, no one likes you. But uh, but no no no. Um, one of the things that is brought up. I mean, even if, even if you were only concentrating on God the rapist, one of the biggest lacks of respect for me was the fact that everybody out there, and I got responded to by quite a few people in that email chain, and everybody out there expected me to go through point by point by point to address everything they stated, and not a single one of the people who were out there listening to this email or reading it, excuse me, noticed that I planted two pieces of bad information just to see if people were paying attention. Now, isn't that one of the largest signs of disrespect for somebody of a religious persuasion to sit there and expect me to not only look at but consider everything they bring forward, and yet when I turn it around and show them some things, they ignore it entirely and don't even take a look. Isn't that one of the largest signs of disrespect there is? I agree that there was a lack of respect in that sense, okay? In that sense that they did not look at the material that you were presenting to them. Okay. I, I, I agree with that. But what I am saying is that's not the type of disrespect that I'm talking about here on this website. I have no problem whatsoever with with the material you guys are presenting. I think I think it's fine. It's great. You're doing the exact same thing that any other belief or religion is doing. You're putting your your thoughts, your your truth that you found. You're putting them out there so that others can have them, that others can find them. You stated directly. You're approaching other people, trying to get other people to come to your site. You're doing the exact same thing. Just in a different uh, format. Actually, Sean, we we have we haven't done any advertising whatsoever. We we haven't done any. The most advertising we've done is purchased a domain space. What one of the statements Layton said earlier though is he would go out to various sites and request that people would come onto your website. He was trying to get a guest on to defend Mormonism. Yeah, no basically, what what we were trying to do from the very beginning is to put out what the belief system of a particular religion is, point out the flaws in it, and then we would try to find somebody on the religious side to come onto the show so we, we could get a different perspective. Now, the problem with that is uh, when we did the Mormonism podcasts, I couldn't find a single Mormon willing to come onto the show to even discuss these issues. That... You're scary. <laughs> I, I... I'm sorry. I know you guys, and that's why I stick to one subject, because I know I can't compete against you guys. You guys are absolutely scary in your knowledge, and, uh, you know, I, I respect you for what you have there. You guys, 
have more knowledge than I can gain, in my opinion. But I'll always try. So you you think that every belief is equally deserving of respect? Is, is that That's true. Yeah. So what about my belief that your beliefs deserve to be ridiculed? Well, can can we turn to one of your audience's questions? Because I think it it kind of goes sure. with that same. Of question. course, sure. Letter C. That's why we have. Ask him if he doesn't respect your belief that his belief deserves ridicule and scorn. All right. Uh, yes. Number C. This is where a little of the confusion is. Okay. I do respect your guys' beliefs. I do respect the right for you to express those beliefs. Okay. Um, I am also willing to discuss these, they, your views, their views, whoever's views they are, which I have done with both of you in the past. Uh, it is the mocking and the scorning on this site that is disrespectful. Now, you state that, hey, I, that's one of your fundamental beliefs. Is that what you're saying? That it's your belief that to mock somebody is good. Well, the belief is if, not to mock the person, but the religious I would say themselves. both. I well, would say both the belief, if the belief is inherently stupid, demonstrably false, uh, or, or absolutely patently ridiculous, wholly unsupported by evidence, as someone else said, um, uh, obviously untrue, then I think not only the belief, but the idiot holding the belief should be subject to scorn and mockery. And because see, in my opinion, that is the only... Look, we have already demonstrated the Earth is round. My God, the ancient Greeks demonstrated it about 2,500 years ago. We um, have demonstrated that the Earth revolves around the Sun. We've demonstrated that, that man has evolved from uh, less complicated beings. We've demonstrated all of this stuff. And we've demonstrated this for centuries now. If if anyone out there wants to educate them on themselves on this stuff, great. Um, if they don't, and they persist in these medieval uh, ridiculous beliefs, if they persist in mythology, Bronze Age mythology, whose morals are at best questionable and at worst absolutely evil, uh, then both the belief and the person holding it uh, should be mocked and scorned and held up to ridicule so that everyone else can see how stupid this belief is and why it is stupid. How is that any different from what you are mocking and scorning? For instance, you're mocking and scorning people for the fact that, that they've mocked and scorned and ridiculed people throughout time. No, no, I'm not mocking no, 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 and scorning people for that's being different. rude. I'm mocking and scorning them for holding stupid beliefs that are demonstrably untrue, and if they had a brain in their head and uh, legs to carry them to a computer with a Google search or a freaking library, they could demonstrate this for themselves. But well, because of these ridiculous Bronze Age beliefs that, that um, you have to cut the end of your foreskin in order to show your covenant with God, or that you've got to um, put all of your sins on this scapegoat and have him crucified, and uh, and, and it somehow this relieves you of any obligation uh, of your sins or responsibility for them. 
I mean, this whole thing's ridiculous, and it ought to be scorned, not to, to say the least about there's no evidence that Jesus existed in the first place. Well, I mean, not only that, but take these people that believe in faith healings, and they pin down some poor child who's going into anaphylactic shock or something like that, and they are praying away the demons, or praying for healing, and then all of a sudden, oops, the child has stopped breathing. The very first agree, thing they do... I agree do, with you that there's plenty of examples of religions that present something that has flaws in it. Well, it's I the actions themselves that. that people take, as well as the stupid beliefs that they follow. The beliefs lead to stupid actions, and how is it that these do not deserve ridicule and scorn? Because ridicule and scorn never brings about anything that is good. Ridicule and I, I would scorn totally disagree with that. Ridicule and scorn. Let's see. Disrespect. Show, show them how foolish they are. Present it. Put it on the housetops. This is exactly what's been done throughout time. This is exactly... I mean, as, as one of your listeners was trying to avidly point out about Hitler, I mean, this is exactly what Hitler was doing. Hitler was like, you guys are all fools. You're all idiots. Um, you're worthless. Slime. So let's wipe you out because you're worthless. It, I, I don't see how you're saying that you're any different by doing this. You're saying basically the same thing that you're trying to mock and scorn. One difference between me and Hitler is that I have not, uh, I'm not personally responsible for the death of six million Jews, ten million <laughs> yes, Russians. I, I agree. That <laughs> I mean, there's, there's although, one difference. There may be others. <laughs> although, along those lines, this type of behavior where people mock and scorn one and then it comes back, that's what builds up to that. That's what builds up to annihilating various groups of individuals, which is constantly being done, even in our day, where they wipe out a whole civilization because their beliefs are absolutely wrong well, in their eyes. Well, that, that is a slippery slope argument. Um, yeah. Those yeah, are very that's... hard to substantiate because you'd have to show that our mockery in this small corner of the Internet uh, would necessarily lead to genocide. Um, I find that hard to believe. Uh. You're right. I'm making, a, I'm making a huge comparison there. I'm exaggerating it. I absolutely agree with you. Well, my point is, is that just because... Sean, let me put it this way. Fifty years ago, it was perfectly acceptable uh, to call black people the N-word. Now, in the meantime, people have raised people's consciousness about how hurtful that word is and how associated with pain and suffering uh, and, and slavery and, and the, the oppression of an entire people that that word is associated. They've raised consciousness and hopefully people will stop using that word. Also, Leighton thinks it's politically acceptable to use the word retard and I'm trying to raise his consciousness that that <laughs> is wrong to do because it's hurtful. Now, what we're doing... <laughs> is trying to shake you guys and say, hey, you should feel stupid about these beliefs. You should feel ashamed about holding these beliefs because they are stupid. They are demonstrably untrue. And we're trying to raise the consciousness. And we're trying to rouse people out of their dogmatic slumber like Hume roused Kant. 
This is the quickest way to do it.